listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes over 2,400 pages by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to interact with other readers and listeners, I invite you to do so by visiting the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group. I always love when I see a new notification and people are sharing and talking about what it is that we have read. Now let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 139, and we are reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 2, Paragraphs. 393 to 396. In the meanwhile, St. Joseph was anxiously debating with himself concerning the proper course of action, for he had borne his tribulation already for two months, and now, overcome by the greatness of it, he argued with himself. I do not find a better way out of these difficulties than to absent myself. I confess that my spouse is most perfect and exhibits nothing but what shows her a saint. But after all, she is pregnant, and of it I cannot fathom the mystery. I do not wish to injure her reputation of holiness by involving her in the punishment of the law. Yet at the same time, I cannot stand by and witness the consequences of her pregnancy. I will leave her now and commit myself to the providence of the Lord who governs me. He then resolved to depart during that night and in order to prepare for his journey, he packed some clothes and other trifles into a small bundle. Having also claimed some wages due to him for his work, he retired to rest with the intention of leaving at midnight. But on account of the strangeness of his undertaking, and because he was in the habit of commending his intentions to God in prayer, after he had come to this resolve, he spoke to the Lord, Highest and eternal God of our fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Thou, true and only refuge of the poor and afflicted, the grief and tribulation of my heart are well known to thy clemency. Thou knowest also, O Lord, although I am unworthy, that I am innocent of that which causes my sorrow, and thou likewise art aware of the infamy and danger consequent upon the condition of my spouse. I do not believe her an adulteress, because I see in her great virtue and perfection." Yet I certainly see her pregnant. I do not know by whom or how it was caused, and therefore I find no way to restore my peace. In order to choose the least evil, I will withdraw from her and seek a place where no one knows me, and resigning myself to thy providence, I will pass my life in a desert. Do not forsake me, my Lord and eternal God, since I desire solely thy honor and service." 
394. St. Joseph prostrated himself on the ground and made a vow to go to the temple of Jerusalem and offer a part of the small sum of money which he had provided for his journey, in order that God might help and protect Mary, his spouse, from the calamities of men and free her from all misfortune. For great was the uprightness of that man of God and the esteem in which he held of the heavenly lady. After this prayer, he composed himself for a short sleep with the intention of departing in secret and at midnight from his spouse. During this sleep, however, happened what I will relate in the next chapter. The great princess of heaven, assured by the divine promise, observed from her retirement all that St. Joseph was preparing to do, for the Almighty showed it to her. And hearing the vow which she made for her welfare, and seeing the small bundle and the poor provision he prepared for his journey, she was filled with tender compassion and prayed anew for him, giving praise and thanks to the Lord for his providence in guiding the actions of men beyond all human power of comprehension. His Majesty so ordained events that both Most Holy Mary and St. Joseph should be brought to the utmost reach of interior sorrow. For besides the merits of this prolonged martyrdom, they would gain the admirable and precious blessing of the divine consolation deserved thereby. Although the great lady persevered in the belief and hope of a seasonable intervention of the Lord, and therefore remained silent in order to not reveal the sacrament concerning the disclosure of which the king had given her no command, yet she was much afflicted by the resolve of St. Joseph to leave her, because she reflected upon the great inconvenience of being alone. Without a companion and a protector, on whom she could rely for consolation and support in the natural order, for she well knew that she could not expect all to proceed according to the supernatural and miraculous. Yet all her sighs could not prevent her from exercising the most exalted virtues with a magnanimous spirit, such as patience in bearing her afflictions and the suspicions of St. Joseph and its results, prudence in withholding the disclosure of the mystery on account of its greatness, silence and signalizing herself as a woman who knew how to refrain from speaking about that which so many human reasons urged her to make known forbearance and humility in silently submitting to the suspicions of saint joseph many other virtues did she exercise in this trouble in a wonderful manner by which she taught us to hope in the almighty for our deliverance in the greatest tribulations Instruction which Mary, the Queen of Heaven, gave me. 395. My daughter, the example of my silence which thou hast been writing about should teach thee to use it as a guide in thy treatment of the favors and sacraments of the Lord, namely that thou keep them concealed within thy heart. Although it might at times seem useful to reveal them for the consolation of some soul, thou must not act upon this opinion without having first consulted God in prayer, and then thy superiors. For these spiritual matters must not be made dependent upon human feelings, which are so much subject to the passions and inclinations of nature. There is always great danger of considering that to be an advantage, which is harmful, and a service to God, what is injurious. It is not given to eyes of the flesh and blood, 1 Corinthians 2.14, to discern the interior movements, so as to decide which of them are divine and caused by grace, or which are human engendered by the disorderly affections. Although there is great difference between these two kinds of affections and their causes, nevertheless, if the creature is not highly enlightened and dead to its passions, it cannot recognize this difference, 
nor separate the precious from the vile. Jeremiah 15.19 This danger is greater when some temporal or human motive is mixed up with or underlies our actions. For then our natural self-love is wont to creep in and take away discretion and supervision of heavenly and spiritual things, leading on to many sudden and dangerous falls. 396. Let it therefore be to thee as a rule always to be followed, that thou reveal nothing to any one except to thy spiritual guide, unless I command otherwise. Since I have constituted myself thy teacher, I will not fail to give thee advice and direction in this, and in all other things, lest thou stray from the path appointed to thee by the will of the Most Holy Son. Yet I admonish thee to appreciate highly all the favors and revelations of the Most High. Preserve them with a magnanimous heart, esteem them, give thanks for them, and put them to practice in preference to anything else, especially in preference to anything originating from thy own inclinations. The reverential fear of God bound me to silence, having, as was proper, such a high regard for the treasure deposited in me. Notwithstanding the natural feeling of love and obligation toward my master and spouse, St. Joseph, and in disregard of the sorrow and compassion of, for his afflictions, of which I so desired to free him, I hid the secret of my state in silence, preferring the pleasure of the Lord to all these, and leaving to him the defense of my cause. Learn also from this never to defend thyself against accusations, and no matter how innocent thou mayest be, oblige the Lord to do it by confiding in his love. Charge thy reputation to his account, and in the meanwhile overcome by patience and humility, by sweet and kind words, those who have offended thee. Above all things I admonish thee never to judge evil of any one, even if thou seest with thy own eyes the outward warrants of thy judgments. For perfect and sincere charity will teach thee to find a prudent evasion and excuse for all faults of thy neighbor. God has placed my spouse, St. Joseph, as a shining example for such a course of action, since no one had more evident proofs of evil, and no one was more discreet in deferring his judgment. For in the law of discreet and holy charity, it must be held as prudence, not temerity, to suspect higher causes as yet unseen, rather than to judge and condemn our neighbors for faults in which his guilt is not clearly evident. I do not give these special instructions for those that are in the state of matrimony, since they can derive them manifestly from the whole course of my life. But from the above instruction all can profit, although just now I have in view thy own advancement, because I desire it with a special love. Hear me, daughter, and fulfill my counsels, and follow these, my words, of eternal life. This concludes our reading today for day number 139, in which we read from chapter 2 of volume 2, book 4, paragraphs 393 to 396. Well, if you remember in yesterday's reading, St. Joseph was going to receive the visit of the angel, that Mary was made aware of this. And yet today in our reading, we have not seen that played out. In fact, we heard from Venerable Maria Vagrida that this will be related to us tomorrow in chapter 3. And so we will hear how God speaks to St. Joseph through an angel in his dreams tomorrow. But there is, again, 
so much richness in our readings today. St. Joseph continues to grapple with what is going on. I cannot fathom the mystery. He has not yet had that revealed to him. So he can't fathom it. He can't grasp it. He can't comprehend it. I think sometimes for ourselves, there are certain things too that maybe we can't fathom. There are some of the age-old questions, such as why do bad things happen to good people? We can't fathom this. We don't understand it. But we can ask God for enlightenment. And that's what Joseph does. He goes to God in prayer, and he makes his prayer. He makes his intentions known to the Almighty. And God is going to intervene. And so he asks for clarity, and he receives. So if there's something that we struggle with, That's just an encouragement. Seek clarity from God. Ask him to enlighten your mind. We also saw the care that St. Joseph was going to secure for the Blessed Virgin by leaving behind some funds and other things for her. So he always has her well-being in mind. And then Mary reflects upon the great inconvenience of being alone without a companion and a protector, on which she could rely for consolation and support in the natural order. Joseph is fulfilling a role in the life of Mary, as one who provides, as one who is a companion, as one who is a protector. And God isn't going to take that away from the Blessed Virgin. Instead, he's going to allow Joseph, in this dream, to be made aware so that he will remain with her. And finally, in the instruction today, just two pieces of counsel that might be good for us. Let it therefore be to thee as a rule always to be followed, that thou reveal nothing to anyone except to thy spiritual guide, unless I command otherwise. We probably overshare in our world today. So we do so, especially through social media. I'm guilty, I know. We overshare maybe with our friends. We try to justify why we do it. But we could share these things with Almighty God. We can share them with the Lord. We can share them with our spiritual director or someone who is really that spiritual guide in our lives. And here's the other piece of advice today. Learn also from this never to defend thyself against accusations, no matter how innocent thou mayest be. Oblige the Lord to do it by confiding in his love. Charge thy reputation to his account. And in the meanwhile, overcome it by patience and humility, by sweet and kind words, those who have offended thee. That's super difficult. You may have experienced some sort of accusation in your own life. It doesn't have to be anything criminal. It could be someone saying that you did something when you really didn't do it. It could be a friend making an accusation against you that you always take the side of the other friend. And we always feel compelled to defend ourselves. We try to cite examples to make ourselves seem innocent in the situation. This one is difficult, but their words of the Blessed Mother that she spoke to Maria of Agreda, and maybe so, she's speaking them to us too. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you 
and Mary pray for you.